Before I begin, I just need to say a few things. It was an amazing week for us. Um, I wrote some things down. Let me see if I can say some things. Uh, we had a second portion of Holy Spirit Baptist Revival this week. And uh, I, I tell you, uh, I thought about it. A number of different feelings were in me. And I think today's scripture passage, message, really, I, I don't think it's a concern. It just fits perfectly into what, I think, what we went through this week. And, uh, um, you know, when, when we had our first Holy Spirit revival, uh, Baptist revival, two months ago, and when Pastor Todd and, uh, and said that he wants to come back, and our leadership was ex- initially excited to have them come. Yes, do it again. Great. But, you know, things got hard quickly. We've done it before, but we thought it would be easier. It wasn't, it wasn't actually easier at all. We've done it before. And we were, we were really blessed. But at the at second time, not everyone seems to be on board. Yeah, let's do it. But I don't have to be there because I was already blessed. And then I was already blessed enough. I don't have to be there. I was, I, was, I was already baptized. And it seems like a lot of us are schedule-wise, traveling, all kind of things are happening. We've done it before. I think the underlying question is why are we doing it again? We didn't ask that question. And I tell you, um, Tuesday night, I did go to WWF. Not the Worldwide Wrestling Federation, but Whole World Fellowship in Oakton, Virginia. It was their first time. When I got there, place was bursting. Over 500 people showed up. They were bursting through all the doors. Their overflow room packed out, and people were standing in the aisles with no seats. And there was a lot of excitement in it, just like we had excitement first time. But when we came to ours on Wednesday, I was a little worried because I know a lot of us out people are traveling, and I, I didn't know whether how many would come. It was always a worry that I always worried that I have. It's like me whenever we prepare my wife, I, my wife prepare food, always worried that we don't have enough food. I always do that. That kind of worry was there. And Thursday, Tuesday, Wednesday night, it was not as, the crowd was as big as we had at first time two months ago. I feel like it was a little bit discouraging. But God was here. God was amazing. And God was powerful here. And uh, um, Thursday, uh, pastors and leaders meeting was awesome. If you were there, if you were able to come, if you said, I'm a leader, let me come. You keep, and some of you came, and it was an amazing time. And God answered a lot of thoughts in me, a lot of things in my heart. Pastor Todd spoke, spoke at, at one time about how to kill a revival. How, you know, he was telling a story saying how, you know, in the early days of the revival, there were about 25 million people getting baptized every Sunday night. And, and, and this speaker who was professor or prophesied over their uh, revival happening was coming to speak. And, and people are putting on, you know, on the Instagram, you know, Facebook, they're out there somewhere in picnicking or in beach or somewhere. He was thinking, why are you out there when God is here? He was, he was getting frustrated inside and all that. And, 
And when he was mentioning that, I looked at my wife. I'm just, we were just going back and forth. But anyhow, how he, that Sunday, he, that Sunday morning, he, in the middle of the thing, he burst out about 10 minutes of rebuke people. Where the heck are you? All that. And something changed. And, and that night, when usually about 25 people get baptized, only four came out to be baptized with all the speaker coming and everything. And God was reminding, God, something, was, something, was, something was wrong. God reminded him. And God, he, God, he had to repent and all that. And, and God was doing all kind of things and, and restored all things back. He had to repent how not to kill or revive. He talked about it. And he did an amazing illustration. I don't know. One of these I need to show the video. We need to illustrate it. Mark, do you remember? Okay. Can you come out, Mark? Let's do it. Let's come out. Can you come out, Mark? Let's do it again. Can you get a chair? Okay. You know the chair. You know that we need more chairs, okay? All right. Okay. See the, okay. Okay. Hold it this way. Hold it this way. Okay. All right? Now, the, th- the thing that Pastor Todd talked about, I thought it was amazing. I, I, somebody videotaped it. But, but, you know, I asked, can you send it to me? She didn't send it to me. I mean, Pastor Todd talked about how revival rests. The weight of God's glory rests on people. Rests on people. And... That way, when the glory of God comes, the weight is heavy, and people have to be ready to carry it. It's not easy to carry. And God, as God's glory comes, you know, God's glory, you know, weight of God's glory comes, and more it comes, you need to be able to hold it up. And, and the person who is, you know, holding it up, now it's so easy. Is it tough? Yes. <laughs> no? Talk fast, talk, talk fast, okay, all right. Now, we, we, we need somebody else to come and help. Pastor Mimi, come and help. <laughs> I did it terribly last time, and it was hard. Okay, okay. okay. You share the Lord together how, when the weight of God's glory comes. Okay? Somebody else come and help. Okay, all right. Brock, Brock, can you come and help? Come. Huh? Put on another chair, okay. Stay on Pastor Mimi's side, okay? <laughs> and the way the glory comes, God's glory comes. God, when you're able to handle God, God's glory come more. All right? I need somebody else to come and help. Everyone come. Come, come and help. And sometimes people may, past me, me may think, well, I don't need to do this anymore. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and it becomes very heavy. He said the person, if you're holding it here, and then some people think that um, they're not needed anymore, and leave, and then it, it um, tilts like this. But the, 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 they're, they're, these guys are strong. They have to handle it more. Okay. <laughs> All right. As more of God's glory come, are we able to handle it? The, it, it is, the glory of God rests on people who are ready to host the glory of God. And we need others to come around. Many others come on, help hold this together. We need one more person. Paul, you are it. Yeah. I was really, I remember thinking about it, how when, because I remember first time, I'm, hold it, okay? I'm going to talk. I remember first time when Pastor Todd came, talked about how God came to the church and I showed up for like 30 minutes, God's glory, and then disappeared. God just went away. 
And, then, and for a year, he felt like everything was something wrong. And he, what he said was, God was checking to see whether they are ready to handle God's glory, whether the atmosphere is ready. And I felt like God was doing that in our midst. In Mississippi, for two months, I feel like God was saying, Are you ready to carry the Lord? Are you able to handle the glory of God God is bringing? We need people to come around who are ready to carry God's glory together. <laughs> Brock, Brock is, lips are twitching because it's too heavy. You, you, you put it back down. Thank you. Let's put it back down. God was really reminding us. You see, That, that Thursday night, in the midst of praise, in the middle of praise, something broke in the middle of the praise. When you're singing, I raise a hallelujah and spray break out, something broke in the air. I felt something broke in the air. I felt release in the air saying, you're ready. And then, in, and then I see, you know, the empty church being, being, begin to be filled. More people walked in. Instead of more people coming, I felt release in the spirit. And that night was glorious. God was amazing. And, and, and I know, like, I'm, I don't want to compare, but I'm going to compare a little bit. <laughs> but WWF was great. But I saw what God was doing in our midst, in the revival, in the baptism was amazing. It was so much at the higher level than what I saw out there. Maybe, maybe I'm biased. In a God's glorious day, and, and, and I remember... One of the night, the Wednesday night, a girl walked right in. Pastor Marty. God said, her name is Jessica. Right in, and then she, he said, your name is Jessica. How do you know me? And, and this God gave a name, who she is, began to talk. I mean, God was doing amazing. God was giving prophetic words and when, a lot of things were going on. But more than how powerfully God moved and I can tell you about some of the stories as people I've seen. But what I saw that night, I saw people who, without any complaints, without frowning, making things work, cleaning up, tirelessly working, it was, it was e easier, so much easier at the end than last time. I remember last time we ended about 5.30, Pastor Mimi was so touched that I felt like crying. I wanted to cry. This time she was not crying. <laughs> and we got done earlier, and... It, Things are so much easier because I saw something what God told Pastor Todd. God told Pastor Todd, do not build me an audience. Build me an army. We may not be a big, large audience church, but I realized God was building army in our midst, who's able to carry God's glory. What God reminded me was, first time we, we had a revival that we can be blessed first. Second time, we did it because not necessary for us, my family, to be blessed so that we make a room for God to come and everybody be touched. More than us. More, way more than us. People from New Jersey, about 20 people drove down. New York came down and New, different people came all over the place. More people beyond our church were here, blessed and touched by God. God was reminding me. Second time, why did he say, why did he do second time? Because we are making room. We are a small group of people, but we are making room for God to come and touch our neighbors, our community, even our nation. 
That's what this was about. We are willing to invest into that. This is why we, were, we love to see people go out in the missions. And God gave me a thought yesterday. I was reading some commentary preparing for today's message. God said, somebody God said, is your church a parking, is your church a parking lot or a launching pad? Is our church a parking lot or is our church a launching pad? I thought about, I thought about this great, isn't it? I'd be a call to be more than a parking lot. I want to share a, a post one of my friend Pastor Rose. She was here at this revival. She wrote this on her Instagram. I thought it was so good I had to you know, copy it. I'll give her credit for who she is. One night as I was contending for revival, the Lord met me. He asked, what will you do with it? She was contending one night for revival, and God said, what will you do with it? What will you do with it? If God gave us revival, what are you going to do with that? Good thought, right? It was then I realized that revival had to lead to something. It cannot end with bigger prayer meetings or more passionate worship sessions. It absolutely has to result in something more than that. Has to be caring about the things that he cares about. It has to lead to compassion for the ones such as these. It, it just has to. James 1.27 says, Religion that God our God, that our God, our Father, accepts as pure and uh, undefiled is this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. You see, revival has to lead something. Revival leads to our hearts being moved by the things that moves his heart. Our, we care about things that cares, he cares about. Amen? God was doing good in doing that in our midst. Revival has changes us. It's more than our church becoming bigger and you know, more fatter or you know, with all new thing, uh, things. It has to be that we begin to carry his heart more and more. Amen? And that's what second revival was about. Now, today's message, I titled it Second Journey. The focus is second. It just happens that today's text, we are going through the book of Acts with a theme called Life in the Spirit. We are on, and, and at the tail end of chapter 15, when Apostle Paul and Barnabas begin to, begin to go on a second missionary journey. It just happens to be in that place. I want us to look what God is saying here. God is good. I need to pray so that God will help me to be succinct and clear. That I don't to stutter too much. I know I'm excited, but I need to be more concise. God, I come before you right now. We come before you right now. We want more than a message. We want you to come in our midst. We don't want you to just come and visit us and bless us. We want you to come and be seated here and thrown in our lives and live with us. Go with us, God. Oh, that we will dwell with you. We love you. We honor you. Let your word come in power. I ask you to fill every word with your word, with your spirit, God. You meet us here. 
We love you in the name of Jesus Christ. We pray, Amen. Let me go on quickly. Let me remind us, Book of Acts has a one theme. We summarize in chapter 1, verse 8. Jesus, uh, Jesus says to disciples, says, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. You will build amazing churches. You will do revival meetings. No, he says, you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, or, Samaria, or Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. The gospel, Jesus said, when the Spirit of God comes upon you, you'll receive power to be my witnesses, every part of your life, to the ends of the earth. That's the whole summary of the whole book of Acts, what God was, what God was doing in the early church. Let me go on. Today's text is Acts 15, verse 36 through chapter 6 and 10. We may only do half. Let me begin. Let me go on. In chapter 15, 36 to 18, 22 is what we call second missionary journey of Apostle Paul. Apostle Paul went on a first missionary journey, chapter 13 and 14, where he went to some part of you know, Asia Minor and preached the gospel, planted churches, and came back. Now, uh, in, in chapter 15, end of the 15, verse 36, uh, Apostle Paul says, And after some days, Paul said to Barnabas, Let us return and visit the, the brothers in every city where we proclaim the word of the Lord and see how they are. First time, remember, but the thing, if you look at very carefully, what you didn't see is first time when, the, when they went on a journey, they didn't decide. Holy Spirit said, separate for, for me, Paul and Barnabas, Barnabas and Paul, Saul, for the work I have prepared for them. But second time, it was not the Spirit. Actually, Paul says, let's go and go check, check out how they are doing. Sometimes, we, we are led by the Spirit of God for God's work. There are times also when we knowing God's call in our life, knowing God's purpose in our lives, we say, let's do this. I'm not saying that Paul didn't, wasn't praying. I'm not saying Barnabas wasn't praying. But there was no direct calling from God to go. But they sensed they should go. There's a little you know, minor difference here. But let's go back and check out the churches we planted before. Let's see how they're doing. Let me remind you, this is what happened in the, if you see the map, this is what their first journey was. They started here in Antioch, went to Cyprus, all the way up to here, and, and this part of Asia, in Asia Minor, and they came back. That's the journey they had. Now, Paul is saying, let's go back out there. Now look at next verse. In this second time when they're going on a missionary journey, was not as easy as they thought it would be. They already went out before, but not as easy. Look at it, verse 37. Now Barnabas wanted to take with him, with them, John called Mark. Do you remember in the first journey, uh, uh, Barnabas took his cousin, young cousin, Mark, called John. John called Mark to go with him. In the middle of the missionary journey, he went back. He left, the, he abandoned the mission, went back to Jerusalem. So now, Barnabas, when they're going on a second journey, he wanted to take John again, called Mark. He failed before, he wanted to take him along, along and restore him back. 
and use him again to see how God can strengthen him. Now, I want you to do the other verse, other translations give a different, little more nuance here. Barry and Little Bible said, Now Barnabas purposed also to take along John. And King James says, Barnabas determined, not just wanted, he determined a purpose. And the NASB, all general, all version says, he was desirous of taking John with him. Barnabas really wanted to take him. But, verse 38, but Paul thought best not to take with him, who had withdrawn from them in Pamphylia and had not gone with them to the work. Paul didn't want him to go. He deserted us the last time. He discouraged us the last time. Why should he take him? Look at other versions. And I said, Paul did not think it wise to take him. Holman, Holman, uh, the Bible says Paul did not think it appropriate to take him because he failed already. It's not right. NASB said Paul kept insisting. Not only they didn't want it, he kept insisting that he should not. They should not. Meaning the Barnabas really wanted to take him. Paul really didn't want him to go. Keep insisting. But Paul thought not good to take him. Paul did not think it was right to take along. Why should he take? It's not right to take him when he failed. We should take somebody else. It's not right. Finally, while, and Mahima translation says, while Paul deemed it undesirable. You see two people totally different. Two who used by God mighty have two different views. What happened? And there arose a sharp disagreement so that they separated from each other. Two. You see, Barnabas was a mentor to Paul. Paul was mentored by Barnabas. When Paul was not trusted by people, Barnabas came along and helped him be the man that he is. Now, Paul is an amazing, powerful leader now. Even probably exceeding Barnabas. But they separate now. And when they separate now, you don't see Barnabas and Paul ever working together again. Whole of Book of Acts. We do know that they reconcile somehow, somewhere, because it is on the line, Paul says good things about Barnabas. And, but yet, not only that, Mark later on, Apostle Paul said, He is good to me, He is helpful to me, bring him to me. Barnabas took Mark with him and sailed away to Cyprus. Look at the map. You see? Remember the, the journey they went? Now, Barnabas go this way with Mark. This is where the uh, Barnabas grew up, Cyprus. Uh, Paul goes this way, totally the different direction. Paul and Silas, inland, up, apart from each other. Let me go on. But Paul chose Silas and departed, having, them, having been commanded by the brothers to the grace of the Lord. As I was studying, as praying about it, I saw something that I didn't see before. You look at verse 40. You know what? Church, church thought Paul was right. You can almost see verse 39. Barnabas got angry. Fine. He went off with Mark. Okay? Paul, church thought, you're right. We, and this is why I said, church commended the brothers Commended by the brothers to the grace of the Lord. They two separated. 
I'm seeing, you see, I want you to do something. As they began a second journey together, from the beginning, something didn't go right. Not as easy as you thought. Something happened here. I need to stop a little bit and talk about it a little bit. Facts about disagreement. You see, in life, in church as well, in God's work, disagreements are inevitable. It happens. It'll be there. Number two, even godly people will not always agree. Even the most godly people will not agree. Sometimes when they're disagreeing, they may not be as nice either. Even godly people. I find sometimes when Christians disagree, we are worse than the non-Christians. Why? Because I believe I'm right. I believe I'm right. They both think they're right because God says so. <laughs> both sides, and then they disagree. Okay? Third thing, every disagreement has same two things. One, an issue. Secondly, varying the, the viewpoints, different viewpoints. One issue and different point of view. Look at one more time. In many disagreements, not all, in many disagreements, each side is valid. Each side is valid. Now, this is what I always, over the years, whenever I looked at this passage, I thought Paul was being a bullheaded when Barnabas being a nice guy. Barnabas wanted to give a second chance to Mark. But Paul didn't. That's not what it is. Oh, and I, because, because I realized I fall more into Barnabas. I like Barnabas. I love Barnabas. We have to understand two, four, two, two point of views. Barnabas was a people person. People matter to him more than anything else. More than organization, he's more of a people person. He wants to see people be restored and healed and strengthened. This is Barnabas. This is why he was an encourager. This is why he got Paul and Saul who was dejected by the people. He was able to come along, help them to grow. But he's not always great in building church. But Paul is a man of conviction. Barnabas is a man of compassion. Paul is a man of conviction. He's about getting things done. God's will, God's kingdom come. God, God's bigger will is more important than each individual. Each individual is important, but what God is doing as a big picture is right. More important. He's willing to sacrifice for the purpose of God's kingdom. Sacrifice some things. Both sides as point of view. They call it, I think, modality leader here. Sodality leader here. One is more about, more about God's will, bigger picture, all that. It's not that Paul doesn't care about people. Just said he cares about people, but he cares more about God's will being done. You see, two different kind of perspectives, two different kind of leaders. It's not who is right or wrong. Okay? Often one issue, different viewpoints. But I wish they resolved it better than they did. Okay? Just because your comfort mean you have to separate all the time. What if? What if? Barnabas, I understand your point. Can we give a little probation period? For example, let's say if, if Barnabas, okay, I understand your point. You're right. He disagreed with last time. He might not be helpful. What if we do, let's say, six-month probation? If it doesn't work out, we'll drop him. Or, or you know, I think, you know, or, you know, think about some possible, that could have been a possible compromise. 
But there are two different personalities, perspectives, and somehow they didn't get to compromise at all. They didn't get to really have a good resolution. Let me say a couple of things here about us. Dealing with disagreements for us. Number one, work hard to hard at seeing both viewpoints. You see, it is easy for Barnabas to see how this person really needs. Barnabas is looking at what can ministry do to, for him. Paul is really looking at what could a person do for the will of God. They have two different perspectives. Begin to see each other viewpoints more close, closely. Second thing, when both have good support, seek wise counsel. If both sides seem to have strong good points, then ask some good counsel will be helpful. Good counsel. Third thing, if conflict persists, care enough to work it through. Work it through. When I do premarital counseling sessions, and I, I don't do weddings unless I do premarital counseling sessions, one of the things I tell people is that I've been, today's my 34th anniversary, by the way. <laughs> Yay! 41 more years to go. Okay, 41 more years to go. But in that, in that 34 years, there were times when we thought we couldn't work. When my wife thought we couldn't work together, we, we couldn't live together anymore. She thought I was so horrible, so bad, and she didn't think we can work, we can make it work. I remember like, I think, uh, I think six years into our marriage, she wrote a like seven-page type letter to me. And, and you, know, you know, my wife is not a writer. That means she, she took at least a month to write that thing. You know, and wrote a letter to me, typed. Those days, you know, there was not, not, not a good type of printers these days, those days. And she wrote, and I, she gave me, I looked at it, I read, read it, and I wept. Because everything she saw was right. The thing I knew was both of us knew divorce was not an option. If divorce was not an option, we're going to, meaning we're going to work through this thing. You see, even if, if per, uh, the conflicts, disagreements persist, you care enough to work through it. Okay, that's Christian way. You work through it. It's okay to agree to disagree. You work through it. But here, Paul and Barnabas got separated. I'm not saying one is better or the other. Not, it's not about whether what is right or what is wrong. End of the day, you know what happened? End of the day, what happened was because they separated, one mission became two missions. Okay. One mission became two missions, okay? So it became four, I'm sorry. So Paul, uh, Barnabas took Mark and went the other way, and Paul took Silas and went the other way. Two different missions happened. And as, as a second journey happened in the beginning, it was not as easy as they thought. But they're working through all that. Amen? I'm, I'm going to skip through a lot of things, okay? Let me go on. And he went through Syria and Sicilia. Paul went to Syria and Sicilia, strengthening the churches. Now, I want you to look at the map a little bit. This is where Antioch is. Uh, and this is the, uh, the early first journey. The, um, uh, Barnabas went this way. Paul is going this way, up. Back, going to go back, track this way. Anyway, this is a, this is a map of the second missionary journey. 
Paul started here. He tosses his hometown and goes back to where they came. Okay? Let me, let me I'm going to shoot down to verse uh, 6. Paul goes through some of the regions, uh, Derby and, and Lystra and not, and now he comes to uh, different regions as he goes in. Verse 6, and they went through the region of Phrygia and Galatia, having been forbidden by the Holy Spirit to speak the word in Asia. As they, went, they begin to go, they, went, they first went to Derby and Lystra. Lystra is where he got stone to stone. They thought he was dead. They threw his body out. He got up, he walked back into the city. Remember the city? That city he found a young Christian named Timothy becomes his companion. Now as he goes on a little further inland to Asia Minor, look what it says. They are going to the region of Phrygia and Galatia because Holy Spirit forbid them to go into some region. Now I want to look at, look at the map. I'm sorry. Which the map? Okay, see, here... If you look at the map, this, this is a Lystra or not, and this is a Galatian and Phrygia area. He wanted to go to Asia, this side of the Asia where a lot of major cities were. Ephesus was here. Smyrna was the major church cities were here. He wanted to go there. The Holy Spirit told him not to go, forbid them, prevented them from going there. Even though God, didn't God say go and preach the word gospel to the ends of the earth? But why does the Holy Spirit say no? Look what it says. Other version says, having been forbidden by the Holy Spirit. The NLT says, translated, Holy Spirit prevented them from going into Asia. Hindered them going in there. Holy Spirit did, wanted to go in there. We do not know how, it, how they heard Holy Spirit that way. Maybe through, I don't know whether the Holy Spirit spoke to them in a vision. I do not know whether he got, they got sick. Somebody got sick for no apparent reason and they couldn't get in there. Do not know why. But they knew Holy Spirit was forbidden them. So they were going away other direction. Look at the next verse. And when they had come up to Mysia, they attempted to go into Bithynia. But the whole Spirit of Jesus did not allow them either. Look at to see here, Holy Spirit will not let them go this way. As they come on this way, they want to go Bithynia this way. This is where the Black Sea is. A lot of major cities were in this area too. Very populated area. Holy Spirit will not let them go there either. In the Asia, God prevented them. Holy Spirit prevented them going. But there, Holy Spirit will not allow them to go in there at all. Now, Holy Spirit, now, therefore, they cannot go south or north. They're still going this way. You know, there are times in our life, even though we are doing God's work, we are, far, we are doing what God wanted to do. When it's something we feel like, when we sense God says, not here, not right now. God stops you here. The thing is, three years on the line, Apostle Paul will go to Ephesus, stay there three years, a whole region come to know Christ. But at that time, God said, not right now. You cannot go in there right now. When you want to go this way, Holy Spirit stops, stops, stops. don't go there. And there are times in life when God stops you from moving in certain directions. Something you wonder, what's God, what you, what's wrong? Did I, do, did I hear you wrong? Am I doing something wrong? We, we doubt ourselves. And, and so sometimes for no reason, God, reasons we do not know, God stops the way. You work hard and you know, nothing seems to really happen. 
and very difficult. You end up leaving because it doesn't work. It happens in our life, even though great apostle Paul is doing God's work. That season when God says no. When God says no. Not always, is that because you did something wrong? Sometimes God will say no. Okay? It's difficult. Hearing the voice of God is important. Discerning what God is saying is important. But there are seasons when even though you hear God well, when God will withhold from talking to you. For a season, God may do that to, for you. Remember, at the, time, at the time, you have to always remember God is good. He is always for you, not against you. Do not forget in those times when you feel like God is closing doors. Do not forget God is good. He is for you. He wants what is best for you. Do not forget that in those times, it's easy to think, God don't like me anymore. He rejected me. No. It's not a question of love. In those times, you wait upon God. You follow as, you stay in the place, you follow as God leads. And so there are times God will do that. Paul was not in sin or anything. It's not because in the, when they started the second journey, they didn't pray. No, it's not that. As they're going, they felt like God is not this way, not this way. You know why? Because God is opening a new door. Look at Next verse. A vision appeared to Paul in the night. A man of Macedonia was standing there urging him and saying, come over to Macedonia and help us. You see? God will let them go this way or that way. They're just moving along. But God said, don't go here, here. They're going right here. They come to Troas. And there God began, God gave them a vision. God a purpose something he didn't realize as he followed along God. He had a vision, clear vision from God, standing there urging him, come over to Macedonia and help us. And when Paul had seen the vision, immediately we sought to go into Macedonia, concluding that God has called us to preach the gospel to them. You see, he want, Paul wanted to go into part of Asia, which is Turkey right now, but God's plan at this time was for them, for him to go into Europe. Into Europe. Now goes into that new continent, territory they have never went before. That was God's plan. Not only that, somebody joins him in the journey. Luke, he says, We, right? We. He says, Finally, he says, We. Before it's they, now it's we. The writer of the gospel, book of Acts, Luke shows him right here, we sought to go in to Macedonia. Luke joined in. Luke is a guy who wrote the gospel of Luke as the book of Acts. And he became companion with Paul enough, long enough to see what God is doing. He gets to write a whole chunk of God, the New Testament. Paul didn't know what God was doing. He didn't know, but in the midst of all that, God was leading him through the closed doors. Closed doors are often ways in which God is leading in a new direction. Let me say it again. Okay? 
close doors may be often God's way of leading you in a certain direction. Don't, don't go here, don't go there. Only things left, I'm going this way. God is guiding you even through open doors, closed doors. God was opening a new door. When a good door closes, a better door opens. Let me say it. When a good door, when a good door closes, a better door opens. I'm quoting one of my favorite pastor, Chuck Swindoll. God sometimes closes the doors to lead us in the new places, new doors to open. Remember a couple of verses? For the Lord God is a sun and a shield, and the Lord bestows favor and honor. No good thing does he withhold from those who walk uprightly. No good thing does he withhold. He doesn't. And Matthew 7, 11, If you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more so will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? He wants to give us good things. It is our God's desire. Remember, this is the verse God has given us a year and a half ago as you begin the year. God said, the words of the Holy One, the true one, the, who has the key of David, who opens and no one can shut, and who shuts and no one can open. I know your works. Behold, I have set before you an open door which no one can shut. That's, I, I, I open before you an open door which no one can shut. Because you have little power, yet you have kept my word and have not denied my name. God was guiding through this time. You see, on their second journey, it was not as easy as they thought. There was difficulty from the beginning. The team being reshuffled, not only in midst of following God, Directions are muddled, not, and the plan, their plans, the, what they planned didn't really work. But God began to shape their ways, plans a little differently. God opens a new door. That's what, that's what God was doing in the second missionary journey, which become a totally different chapter opens up in human history. Gospel goes into Europe. whole continent begins to hear the gospel. God is amazing in our lives. Spirit of God, our Lord God, leads us. He's good God. He delights over us. And there are times we have disagreements. Yes, there will. We learn to work through those things. We are faithful before God. Our God is amazing God. I'm going to praise him. God is good. The revival is amazing in many different ways for me. One of the things that God was really reminding me was that God was, you know, in many ways for me, I think God was stretching our, us to see where we are. Was it just for me, my blessing? No. 
Eros, for God's glory, God's kingdom. You want to make room for God to come and touch not only me and way beyond his glory come. God is saying, are you ready to hold my glory? I don't know about you, God, here I am. I want to be used by you. As Apostle Paul and Barnabas go on their missionary journey, God changed a lot of things, reminding them who they are, what it was about. And God's plans are better than our ways. God's ways are greater than our ways. Amen. Our, our prayer has been, I believe God has been reminding us for the last probably about a month or so, especially that it was not just about me. It's way beyond about me. Our God is good. It delights over us. Let me a couple, two thoughts. One, do you feel like you're in a place where a lot of doors are being closed? You feel like you are, some of the doors are closed. You have nowhere to go. You know, frustrated. I bet your Apostle Paul spent many nights in the missionary journey when God said, not here, not there. He said, God, what are you doing? I feel I'm following you. What are you doing, God? When you're in the place, I want you to know. Still remember God is good. God is for me. God has planned for my life. The Word of God says, those who wait upon the Lord will gain new strength. They'll mount up with wings like eagles. Though they run, they'll not be tired. Though they walk, they'll not be weary. When you're in the place where you feel like, I'm stuck, God, why are you closing all the doors? You look. He opens a new door for you to walk in as you trust in the Lord. Amen. I believe this is a word for so many of us here. Secondly, sometimes as you're following God's word, there may be some disagreements that come, some big and small, that knock us off, shake us, shake us a little bit. God, am I doing right thing? What's going on here? In the midst of that, we learn to remember who God is, God of reconciliation, God who heals all things. We want to be faithful. We want to see how we can follow God in the midst of all that. Oh, God is good. I know God is speaking to us. God is shaking a lot of things in our church lately. Why? Because He is opening new doors. Shaking a lot of things. A lot of things. I don't know where you are. Let's all stand. Let's all stand before God. You know what I'm thinking? Yes. I want, you to, I want you to sing this praise. I love that line. There's, some, there's another one standing in the fire with us. There's another one standing in the water with us. Amen.